Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. She was warned. She was given an explanation. Nevertheless, she persisted. You want to talk about women's issues? That's fantastic. Never doubt that you are valuable and powerful and deserving of every chance and opportunity in the world to pursue and achieve your own dreams. Welcome to EA by Proxy. I'm Cindy McDevitt. And I'm Megan Mullen. Happy April 25th. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's the perfect day. It's a perfect day. No, it's it's a it's it's not too hot. Not it's too not too cold. cold. All you need is a light jacket. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I've been waiting to make that joke all day. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's kind of sad. Yeah. No, I planned that joke a while ago. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you got the chance to use it. I'm proud of you. It hasn't been all day. It's been like a week. Okay. No, I'm not proud of you anymore. <laughs> I'm only ashamed now. <laughs> There's nothing but shame. We're working on our jokes today. We really are. We're <laughs> doing a great job. We only hired the best joke writers. Meaning us. Meaning us. Not Zach Eichten. Leave. Who doesn't even listen to the show. No, he doesn't. No one no one that is in that circle listens to the <laughs> show. Let's be honest. This is true. All right. Uh, let's jump into some news. Let's go. We got quite a bit to get through today. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, so this week, French President... Uh, Emmanuel Macron. 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 French President Emmanuel <laughs> Macron is here on the weirdest state visit ever. Yeah. Uh, the purpose of the state visit is to convince Trump to not pull out of the nuclear agreement with Iran, which he has to decide by May 12th. Um, and a quick note that the National Security Advisor is for pulling out of the deal. That is John Bolton. Let's, uh, let's take a listen to uh, this state visit. All right. And see how weird it is. It's a great honor, great honor to be here. But we do have a very special relationship. In fact, I'll get that little piece of dandruff off. That little piece. We have to make him perfect. He is perfect. So it is really, uh, it is really great to be with you and you are a special friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Very special friend. <laughs> that was a that was Donald Trump wiping dandruff off the shoulder of Emmanuel Macron, well, set to the Veep credits. <laughs> I love that, <laughs> which I is love, my favorite thing. I love the videos that these people are, like. Whoever does this, thank you. Yeah, they're putting the Veep credits to just things that Donald Trump does. Yeah, like when he forgot to sign that executive order and walked out of the <laughs> office. <laughs> he did not sign it. Um, you know, I said last week that. This presidency is like the plot of House of Cards with the characters of Veep. Right. And that just confirmed it. Yeah, I think this is, this is uh, really true. just confirmed it. Very true. I think it's more Veepy than House of Cards. It's not organized enough to be House of Cards. Well, no, that's why it's the plot of House of Cards. It's not even that organized, though. It's okay. not the plot. Um, that's the point. It's incompetent House of Cards. Okay, fine. Um, so, Macron and Trump have been very touchy-feely this visit. There have been videos of them holding hands, and Trump, as we just played, dusted off some dandruff on Macron's shoulders yesterday in the Oval Office. It's all very cute. It's all very Dear Diary. Um, and I think the really notable thing about um, this state visit is that it's really cute how Macron can manipulate our president through flattery, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, let's be real. Macron doesn't want to be running around holding hands with Donald Trump all day, but... Yeah. 
he'll he knows he'll get what he wants. Yeah, and I think that job. that says a lot about where American diplomacy is at. And yeah, every time you say Macron, I keep hearing like macaroon, 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 and Macron. I don't Macron. And I keep thinking of cookies, and now I'm hungry. I'm sorry. So, um, Macron was also speaking to Congress today about climate change. Um, the U.S. of course pulled out of the Paris Climate Accords. So there's that too. Um, but again, it is worrisome that uh, our president can be manipulated through flattery. It is worrisome, yeah. It's not, it's very on brand, but. And also, also important to point out that it's not normal. Not, no, no, yes, not normal. On brand for him, not yeah. for the American presidency. <laughs> it is way off brand for the American presidency. It's a very, very small man. Unless you're Nixon. Yeah. But. Good old Nixon. Ah, tricky dick. Remember the days of Nixon? No. No. I, I wasn't alive. I wasn't even in... I wasn't a thought in anyone's brain. I was alive because I'm Benjamin Button. What? I knew um, it. I knew it. Illuminati confirmed. All right. So, uh, moving on from the weirdest state visit in the world, let's talk about uh, only the best people only that work in our federal government. Indeed. Only the best people. Uh, Trump only hires the best people. He really only does. So let's talk about Dr. Jackson. What's let's going go. on with him? Let's go. All right. So the white house today defended rear admiral. <laughs> We're off to a great start kids. Um, rear admiral. Rear, God, rear admiral. There it is. Ronnie Jackson's nomination to lead the department of veterans affairs amid concerns by Congress that president Trump had not, properly vetted him or others um why did he not properly vet him you're asking me the answer to that question is because he appointed him on twitter on twitter.com this man was appointed to lead one of the biggest administrations in the federal government yes you're right <laughs> i don't know what else to say ridiculous this is how american government <laughs> functions just, now well first let me just lay lay down for you the kind of conduct that jackson's been accused yes. of just to kind of frame the picture a little bit so uh he has been accused of repeated repeated drunkenness and wrecking a government vehicle while intoxicated which is one of the most recent allegations creating a quote toxic work environment mishandling opioids which earned him the name the candy man <laughs> and uh generally inappropriate workplace behavior i'd like to come back to the candy man thing super quick and just say that that sounds like the candy man can because he makes the world sweet you know it makes the world taste good yeah anyway so it's i would like to just point out like there's a lot of things wrong here but yeah that's the creepiest nickname ever <laughs> i would be terrified it does kind of sound like trench coat white van it does type of crap you want to buy some sundials yeah that kind of yeah so you want some vicodin <laughs> pretty much yeah, so I traded for some heroin. <laughs> I was reading that he has gotten drunk on state visits, and he's almost like back when he was President Obama's physician. I mean, he's still the president's physician, but uh, when he was working under Obama, that he like came back after a night of of good times, fun at the bar, very intoxicated, and started um, slamming like his fists into a staffer's door, and so loud that like the Secret Service had to come and be like, "The president is like asleep nearby, and you're gonna wake him up, and that is not okay. You need to shut up." And then there was another time people came to get, like, medicine from him to give to somebody, and they found him passed out in his hotel room. 
I mean, haven't we all been there before? I mean... The doctor of the leader of the free world and passed out drunk in our hotel room. This is... Can, I feel like this man just needs to seek help. That yeah, that's thing? really what I'm more concerned about. Yeah. Is like, I, I mean, I obviously don't want him to be the lead of Veterans Affairs, but right. um, I also just want him to, like, go to rehab. Yeah, I think, like... Go to an AA meeting or yeah, something, you I know? Yeah, think, I think we're, we're concerned about you, Ronnie Jackson. Yeah. We just wanted to let you know that we actually... Would but also, you're not qualified to lead the VA. Right. So that's its own thing. But also seek help, please. Um, so let's talk about uh, the White House's response to these yes. allegations. So um, Sarah Sanders said today that, quote, he has received more vetting than most nominees, while legislative director Mark Short said, <laughs> said that Jackson. I, re- I read that as Martin Short, and I was like, what? <laughs> Mark Short, not yeah. Martin Short. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, quote uh, Jackson quote feels very strongly uh, that these are baseless accusations Um, and I mean aside from Democratic members of the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee like John Tester uh, the American Legion and other veterans groups have also expressed concern about his leadership placing the VA in disarray which is a big problem because it's already in disarray in a lot of ways Um, there's a lot of like there's been allegations in the past about the VA not providing help the help that veterans need and so what they need is a strong administrative leader. Um, and I mean, on top of all this, there is some speculation that Jackson will withdraw, but the president is urging him to go through with the confirmation process. So only the best people. <laughs> Appointed on Twitter. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Yeah. And I mean, I come from a family of veterans and uh, my grandfather worked in VA administration for a while and I'm kind of appalled that this is happening um and i think that, that that's an important point is that regardless of all of this although all of this should be obviously considered as people are considering uh voting for this man right is that he's already unqualified right you know he has no administrative experience which is what you need to lead the va and the va is one of the biggest administrations in the federal government on top of that he's apparently a creep apparently the candy and man really again really needs help yeah. Like, in the narrative of the story, I'm just asking you to go get help, Dr. Jackson. Right. Rescind your nomination and go to an AA meeting. Yeah, he's considering it, I think, very heavily from what I can tell because he doesn't want to go through this kind of yeah um, mudslinging fest or whatever's about to... That was a weird phrase, but you know what I mean. Um, but remember, Sydney, the candy man can because he mixes it with love. Not opioids. And mi- it makes the world taste good. Now we knew it was in those Wonka bars. Now we know. It was opioids. It was. We shouldn't make fun of opioids. No. There's an epidemic going on. Anyway. Yeah, I was on opioids for a little while. A couple weeks ago. Okay. She had surgery, guys. <laughs> She's not just rec- recreationally on opioids. She had I mean, surgery. I could be. They're still in my backpack. Jeez. All right. Oh, my lordy. <laughs> Let's talk. Lordy, I hope there are opioids. Lord. <laughs> I hate you so much. Let's I hate talk you. about... Um, Crimes. There's a lot going around about illegality these days by the president, by his advisors. Illegality? That's illegality. A yeah. That's a fun word. I'm going to use that later. Um, by the president, by his advisors, mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, his son-in-law, his son. His daughter. If it's what you say it is, I love it. <laughs> Just going to keep repeating that, Don Jr. Uh, um, but now it seems that another person may have committed a potential crime. Dun, dun, dun! Yesterday night, the New York Times reported that the interim director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, Mick Mulvaney, 
Uh, I hate that name. It's a dumb name. Advise lobbyists and banking executives to increase their contributions to his campaign. When he was in the House, he said he would only meet with lobbyists who had donated to his campaign. Mm. The CFPB, uh, which was created by Elizabeth Warren, that doesn't actually matter for the story, but I like to but point it out. But she persisted. She persisted. The CFPB is meant to protect Americans from banks taking advantage of them. So this is really great. This is a good time. Um, and if the Times reports is true, it's literally a crime. I just know that Elizabeth Warren is like in her office throwing things at a wall right now. <laughs> like this is her baby. She was just on CNN, I think, talking about this. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, she's a passionate woman in yeah. general. And I'm, I am sure she's absolutely livid. Yeah. She's just moving back and forth. Yes. She does that a lot when she talks. It actually gets me really engaged. I'm like, I'm watching her. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You she's go. A very, she's a very jerky talker. Yes. As in she jerks her body. Um, yeah. So, again, um, this president ran on a slogan. What was that slogan? Um, drain the swamp. Dr- dr- drain the swamp. I don't think they're doing too hot of a job of it right now. <laughs> they've, been, they've been waist deep in swamp water since the beginning of this thing. It's, this is the most clear, like version of corruption there is yeah. of you know trading uh meetings and favors for campaign contributions like it is clear that our elected officials cannot do that i don't know right. anyone on either side of the aisle who would say that elected officials should be able to blatantly say that yeah well and i mean this is something that comes up every single congress but like campaign finance reform the important and yeah, yeah. Start thinking about campaign finance reform, everybody. Or just, like, don't elect a dotty old racist to be president. Yeah, well. Finally. Finally. In the best people is Pompeo. A-A-O. Mike Pompeo, Trump's pick to replace Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State, seems poised to get confirmed after Rand Paul changed his mind. That's <sighs> cute of you, Rand. Uh, for a while, it seemed like Democrats may control the fate of Pompeo's nomination after Rand Paul said he would not vote in favor of him, uh, but he eventually came around. Cool. Disgusting. Uh, Republicans have been concerned for the last week that Pompeo's nomination wouldn't go through. Tom Cotton, who it should be noted once held up an Obama appointee until she literally died, said that the Democrats were engaging in, quote, shameful political behavior. Mm. I would like you to look up Merrick Garland. Yes. Uh, and a few Democrats up for re-election in 2018 uh, were also against blocking the nomination. Joe Manchin, Joe Donnelly, and Heidi Heitkamp all say Heidkamp all say they supported Pompeo. Yeah. Um, to those three Democrats, I just need to say, no one. <laughs> if you voted against Pompeo, the attack ad against you in October wasn't going to say you were weak on crime. Because you or you were not for the security of America because you voted against Pompeo, they're still gonna run that ad against you, bud. Yeah, it's <laughs> no one's gonna vote for or against you in 2018 because you voted for or against Mike Pompeo. Yeah, pick your battles. Yeah, they picked wrong this time. Um, so let's talk for a minute about why Pompeo sucks and is probably gonna be a dangerous secretary of state oh goody uh mike pompeo was a benghazi conspiracy theorist mm. uh love those people mm-hmm. he lied about his service in the gulf war which is very strange mm-hmm. and i think that this is one of the most important ones he's affiliated with anti-muslim hate groups um and that's just not a bad look for america but it's actually like uh it's bad for our national security right because one of the things that 
uh, groups like ISIS and uh, recruiting groups do for terrorist recruitment is they show you videos of people like the Secretary of State saying how awful uh, Islam is and stuff right. like that to radicalize people. Right. And that's why uh, the Obama administration and both Hillary Clinton and John Kerry, when they were Secretary of State, wouldn't say the term radical Islam extremist because that demonizes an entire religion and that just contributes to the rise in terrorism. So this is not good for our country. No, it's not. And Full I mean, stop. It's, yeah, we're ju- it's just playing into the agenda that ISIS has, which is look at these Americans, they hate us and they're trying to, you know, destroy everyone who is Muslim and all this other stuff. And, you know, like you said, like policies in the past have tried very hard to prevent that and also to like respect our Muslim brothers and sisters who aren't right totally not extremists and totally are American and, you know, are here, you know, observing their religion like every other person who's protected under the First Amendment. Um, but ISIS, you know, tries to promote that stuff and they're falling right into it. Yeah. Well, I think there's a bigger issue with uh, the fact that the Islamophobia and the anti-Muslim hate groups um, aren't, like, a deciding factor for Pompeo, because if it was anti-Christian or anti-Jewish, he would be done. Right. You know, he wouldn't have even been nominated, probably. Yeah. Um, But the fact that this is Islam and it is brown people, we care significantly less about the hatred and um that should say a lot about the nationalism in our country right now wait are you telling me that racism still exists no we fixed that with obama <laughs> we're living in a post-racial era people yeah post-racial post-sexist everything's good kumbaya under his eye <laughs> um, uh, praise be oh god um so pompeo is not good no. and i don't think there's much that we can do at this point to stop his nomination but I do think it is worth uh, calling your senators and uh, trying to get them not to vote for him. Yeah. I think most Democrats, except for, again, Joe Manchin, Joe Donnelly, Heidi Heidkamp, all up in 2018 yeah. in supporting his nomination. Right. And um, nothing about what Pompeo believed should ever be normalized right. in our American values. There you go. It's that good old First Amendment. Love that. Love the First Amendment. Mm, it's an okay one. <laughs> I'm really into the third yeah you know that whole quartering i'd love to quarter some troops <laughs> come on over guys i'm making waffles and in the moment i'm, I'm making, making waffles. waffles all right <laughs> with uh that great trek moment we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna talk about things yeah we are and we're back we made it barely yeah that's pretty much standard procedure <laughs> here we barely make it all right um today we are going to discuss uh, the NFL protests. Yep. So uh, a couple seasons ago in the NFL, I'm scrolling through this New York Times article, and I don't know why because I needed to be right here. Um, <laughs> uh, a couple seasons ago in the NFL, uh, former 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick uh, decided that he would kneel during the national anthem to protest police brutality against people of color, mm-hmm. specifically African Americans mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, this caused a huge backlash uh, to uh, the NFL, to to him, to a lot of different things. Um, I would like to point out that Colin backed this up by actually donating to charities and does uh, these Know Your Rights workshops around the country with uh, young people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
And Colin, uh, the, after that season ended, he was let go by the 49ers and has remained off a team since then. Right. Um, even though people have said that he is more than capable of being on a roster and should be on a roster. Um, and so this season this escalated as a few more people were kneeling and Donald John Trump Donald decided to jump in the middle of this conversation, tweeting that any NFL protester or NFL players who decided to protest and kneel during the national anthem should be fired. Uh, sounds like the president of the United States interfering with, uh, interfering with a, uh, a private business. Yeah. That's kind of what it sounds like, you know, not something the president of the United States should or usually does do. Yep. Um, but let's talk about the protests. Right. How do we feel about them? Good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, I think it's an important exercise of a first amendment, right? We're, we're, we're we're really talking about the First Amendment today. Like, today is all about... It's almost about like Madison put it as the first for a reason. It's all about the First Amendment. We love you, First Amendment. I'm your biggest fan. Can I have your autograph level love here? But, um, yeah, I think it's a really healthy exercise of the First Amendment. Like, um, there's, a, uh, there's a lot of ways to exercise uh, this particular right um to speak up um for being oppressed and all this stuff but one thing is that is protected for instance is like flag burning this is even less like right like this doesn't damage anything or like it's just like a very poignant thing to look at right is what it is and people it, it really riles people up and a lot of it is like the race issue i think there's a lot of racists out there who are like and a lot of people who like tammy god Tammy. Tammy Laren. Um, And they're just, like, super triggered by this. And uh, I think that if it was a white dude who did it, it probably wouldn't be as big of a deal. And the whole point behind it is that people of color are being uh, killed by police. In, yeah. In, in, or, in inordinate amounts. So, like, you know, it's it's a right. racialized issue, and it should, like, it's that's the point of it. Um, and I think that it's a really effective way to do it. And it started, like, after Donald Trump was like, you should get fired if you're kneeling. A bunch more NFL players did kneel during the national anthem. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing that frustrates me about the backlash to this is that it's, like, it's so unbelievably misses the point. Right. You know, like, the point of... Because the, the talking point on the right with this protest, because it is the right, is... um that that kneeling for our uh, national anthem is disrespectful to our troops. And I, I've seen a lot of veterans say this too, but I think that um, using your First Amendment right is pretty respectful to our troops since yeah. they, like, fight to protect those rights. Right, exactly. Um, and so I think that that's the thing that most frustrates me about this is that the backlash that people... Uh, created over this is just missing the point of what the protest is about. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to remember why we show the national anthem before games because that didn't happen even like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. TVs never showed the national anthem. That was just a thing they did in the stadium. Um, they started showing the national anthem after 9 11 right. to get draft number or to get numbers up to join the military. Right. It was a complete. BS commercialism patriotism thing. Yeah. You know, it was to get some white guy sitting on his couch watching a football game to come join the military. And I, I don't know how well it worked. Um, I think 9 11 was plenty reason for many people to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it's just it's stupid you know are you sitting on your couch standing up for the national anthem in your home no yeah. okay colin's not gonna stand in the stadium yeah and I think it's important for people to, and I think this is becoming more acceptable because it's been commercialized a lot, but that's its own thing, mm-hmm. is the idea that dissent is patriotic. Right. Um, like you said, that like soldiers are fighting for our, our ability to exercise these rights, and these rights don't exist in other parts of the world for a lot of people, and exercising them to the fullest extent, like kneeling for the national anthem, is a patriotic thing to do. It shows that you love your country and you want it to be better. And I think that that's like you said people missing the point is that Colin Kaepernick and everybody who's kneeling doesn't want our country to like fall apart they don't they're not doing it to attack the government necessarily they're doing it because they're like hey we've you know been experiencing this and we need to be acknowledged and I'm using my rights in this country that were endowed to me as American to bring attention to this issue and I think that's very patriotic yeah so, um, we decided to talk about this today because the New York Times published an article. Um, they received uh, audio of a meeting that had happened that had taken place between NFL owners and NFL players. There were about 30 people in this meeting um, to discuss the kneeling during the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just a part of this article. The players sounded aggrieved after discussing a proposal to finance nonprofit groups to address players' concerns. They wanted to talk about why Colin Kaepernick, the quarterback who started the anthem protest to highlight social injustice and police brutality against African-Americans, was, they believed, being blackballed by the owners. The owners sounded panic about their business under attack and wanted to focus on damage control. Quote, if he was on a roster right now, all of this negativeness and divisiveness could be turned into a positive, Philadelphia Eagles defensive lineman Chris Long said in the the meeting. Long said he did not wish to, quote, lecture any team on what quarterback to sign, but, quote, we all agree in this room as players that he should be on a roster. The owner's response was noncommittal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this says a lot about where the NFL is at as an, as an organization right now. Right. Um, especially when you look at it and compared to, like, the NBA, um, which is largely, I believe the NBA said that players should, were expected to stand. Um, but in other ways, the NBA is incredibly more progressive i remember after eric gardner was killed um a bunch of players including lebron james wore shirts that say i can't breathe on them yeah um when the former owner of the la clippers was revealed to be disgustingly racist um a bunch of the clippers players for uh their warm-ups turned their jerseys on inside out they couldn't do it during the game because you have to be able to see their numbers and everything yeah um but the nba largely lets their players have a platform Um, And then you see people like Laura Ingram attacking LeBron James and telling him to shut up and dribble. Um, The NFL, I feel like, though, is going to be on the wrong side of this. Yeah. Because they're trying to institute policy and they're doing things like blackballing Colin Kaepernick. And it's just going to not work out well for them. And I Mm -hmm. feel like it's creating a PR nightmare they don't have. Yeah. And one that the NBA doesn't have because they've let their players be people. Yeah. And I think it, it speaks to the history of the both organizations as well. Um, the NFL, you know, football, American football was largely for middle class white dudes and it, it, for the enjoyment of them. And that's been going that went back a long time. And that was also what the default American looked like for a long time. Like, that's what people would like show in commercials and all this stuff all through the 40s, 50s, 60s, all this stuff. 
So um, I think that, yeah, I think the NFL is going to come down on the wrong side of this. Uh, I think if you look at what the demographics of like the owners of the teams are versus their players, you're going to see why. And I think that, you know, this could come to head very soon. We'll see if these meetings yield anything, if they have more. But I don't know that the owners are going to budge too far on this because they're making a lot. Like, yeah, an obscene amount. So. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's the other issue with this is that um, a, most players in the NFL, I believe most, are African American, and it's just it's this idea that African Americans and you know black people can put their bodies on the line for you mm-hmm. for your enjoyment and for your entertainment, um, but apparently aren't allowed to have a voice in a political opinion. Yeah, and the amount of like brain damage and stuff that comes out of careers like that that destroys people and you're not even letting them say what they need to say like they're the ones who are out there making your revenue and like creating your team and getting all that team spirit going and they're more important than the owners are to the function of a team yeah so like yeah and i mean there is this you know obviously there's an inherent racism in telling athletes uh and you know, people of color that because they're not in politics, they can't talk about politics. Yeah. You see this with actors a lot where they're like, oh, you just like, just stick to acting. And it's like, that sounds a lot like stay in your lane. You know, like we all live in this country. We're all affected by what happens in this country. And we all have a right to express our opinions about what is happening in our country. Right. And if Colin Kaepernick sees an injustice going on and he has a platform and he wants to use his platform to bring... Uh, awareness to this injustice he should be able to do that in the same way that people like Reese Witherspoon can bring awareness to the Time's Up movement right and I think that that's the nature of politics that the people in politics don't seem to get is that it touches everyone it's not just about your power in the system it's about the fact that you're trying your job is literally to serve people right and it does it's not like that anymore it's not viewed that way so yeah like you said like they're saying stay in your lane well, that is their lane. It's all of our lanes. Right. We're, you know, the, we are the Priuses on the highway of American life. And also just like screw all of those people who say that because you voted for a reality show star for president. Yeah. So let's be real. Yeah. Um, all right. We will leave that conversation there. Um, we'll just have to see what happens next season in the NFL. Yeah. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to watch. That it will. That it will. We'll see if these talks yield anything positive positive that is yeah i think the only thing i can say is that the president should not be uh no weighing in on this now this this is something where it's not his lane he needs to stay in his lane leave leave just just like trump just watch fox and friends live tweet sean hannity eat your cheeseburger don't weigh in on this yeah this isn't your you have too much influence over a very special sect of people to be saying stuff like this. You need to stop. It makes me sad when I think about how much influence Donald Trump has. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We will leave that there. When we come back, the rant wheel. The rant wheel. Yeah, we're back. Made it. Oh. It is time now for the rant wheel. The rant wheel. What's on the wheel today, Megan? All right. First off, we've got liberals. What are liberals? I don't know. I've never heard of My them before. My Apple Pay is trying to make me pay someone. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. People who don't use coasters. 
Monsters. Because you're monsters. Uh, Cavemen. <laughs> Barbarians. Rudy Giuliani, who has stepped back into the narrative. Uh, Melania's hat from the, uh, uh, what do you call it? French uh, state, visit. state visit. And Sean Spicer's dignity. Always ransomable. Uh, and Kanye's tweets. Are you ready? Bow in the presence of greatness. Like Kanye lyric yeah. for you. <laughs> well, that's very on brand because it's Kanye's <laughs> tweets. All right. Well, go for it because I do not follow him on Twitter. Well, I don't either. But Kanye West last week started tweeting. Uh, he hadn't tweeted in like a couple years, I feel like. Maybe a year. Hmm. Um, but he started tweeting and at first it was just like good business advice. Like he had this one on tax day that said, as a creative, your ideas are your strongest form of currency. And I was like, that's great advice when your tax return isn't as big as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> well, well, pick me up. Um, but then they turned weird. What's new? So on uh, this morning, actually, so he like kind of hinted that maybe he supported Donald Trump. Um, and then this morning he tweeted, you don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob can't make me not love him. We are both dragon energy. <laughs> that is dragon is in like what's in Game of Thrones, not like dragon like I'm dragon. No, something. I got it. We are both dragon energy. He is my brother. I love everyone. I don't agree with everyone, with everything anyone does. That's what makes us individuals and we have the right to independent thought. And then he tweeted his Make America Great Again hat that is signed by Donald Trump. And says, my MAGA hat is signed. And then, like, a million fire emojis. <laughs> um, and what? then later, again, like an hour later, tweeted, my wife, Kim Kardashian, of course. Of course. My wife just called me, and she wanted me to make this clear to everyone. I don't agree with everything Trump does. I don't agree 100% with anyone but myself. <laughs> very, very on brand for Kanye. If you've listened to Kanye's music... Over the length of his career, that is 100% what you should expect from Kanye oh West. Oh, my God. But Kanye... Uh, Trump also retweeted to Kanye's tweet about uh, the mob and said, Thank you, Kanye. Very cool. Alex Jones also no. tweeted his support for Kanye, which is the least predictable thing that's happened since the plotline of La La Land. Our Apple podcast, um, our Apple podcast next door neighbor. Yes, our our uh, grumpy old neighbor who we're gonna have to call the cops on someday. Yep. Um, I just want to make sure Kanye is okay. You know, my thing with Kanye has always been that he's a garbage person, right? You know, he does things like get up on a table and screams about how he's the greatest person to ever come out of Chicago. And I'm like, Michelle Obama came from Chicago. And Chan- Oprah came from Chicago. And like, Chance cool yourself. Chancellor Rapper, too. Chancellor Rapper. But, like, Kanye makes good music. Like, I gotta yeah. hand it to him. His music is fire. Like, Jesus Walks is one of my favorite songs. And I'm just really worried. <laughs> he says he has a new album dropping in a couple months. And I am terrified about what might be on it if this tweet storm... And it hasn't stopped. Like, I looked at his Twitter right before we went on air at five, and it was just still, like, random thoughts. He's reached a level of prominence that maybe he can just take his Twitter feed and just put that on an album. Like, just rap all of the Honestly, though, like, I would listen to it. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like... Like, you put a good beat behind it, and I will dig that. And he needs to, like, figure that out real fast, because that would be such an easy way to make money. And I'm concerned about what that means as me as a person. (laughs) I'm always concerned about you as a person. That's true. 
Kanye, get help. You and Dr. Jackson can go together. Please. Actually, <laughs> What's go. next? Uh, Sean Spicer's Dignity. So this is oh, a Sean. Uh, this is in direct reference to the Madame Tussauds uh, comment, the comments he made when he was unveiling those two wax figures, yes? Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so two things. I saw two headlines about Sean Spicer today, <laughs> and I was like, Sean, you've earned your place. You've earned your place on um, the wheel. So Sean Spicer unveiled the uh, new wax figure of Melania Trump at Madame Tussauds uh-huh. Wax Museum. Um, Sean, <laughs> look, I, I get it if you have high respect for Melania Trump, that's cool. Like she's a lady, whatever. Um, that's all I can really say. That's all I know about her is that she's a lady. That's fair. Um, but Sean, Donald Trump did not treat you well, and I'm really worried about your standards that you set for yourself, man. Like, yeah. if if someone didn't treat me well, even if I did like their wife. I probably wouldn't go to an unveiling of a wax figure of their wife, you know? The other, like, weird thing that, again, in the context of the world, means nothing, but I just love it, (laughs) is Sean Spicer has a new book coming out. I don't remember what it's called. Who knows? But he was on Fox and Friends promoting it this morning, Mm -hmm. and they asked him what day it came out, and he said July 24th. But if you looked at the, they had like a, a screenshot of the Amazon pre-order up there. Right. If you looked at it, the release date's on July 23rd. Could have been worse. You could have been off by three months. That's true. But when you're on a book tour, you have one job and it is to promote your book. I mean, my life is in shambles just like his. So, I mean, I kind of, I kind of sympathize a little bit, you know? I just want Sean to just, just a shred of dignity back, man. Just a little. And Sean, you can do that by adding me on LinkedIn. <laughs> that... I think that would lose him dignity points, Sydney. No, I would be there to pick him up. I'd give Sean affirmations for him to look in the mirror. Daily affirmations from Sydney. I am not my Melissa McCarthy impression. <laughs> I'm I'm much, much worse. Wow, real pick me up, Sydney. <laughs> you Episode be, title. You would be a great Should be a motivational speaker. Yeah, you'd be. I'll be, be like great. that guy who wrote the uh, the 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 seven habits of highly effective people, except yeah. it'll be the opposite of that. Right. You Or you'd be a great therapist, you know? Yeah. You'd ruin a lot of people's lives. I mean, have you seen the show Unreal? They don't have great therapists <laughs> on there, but they still make money. Fair enough. Well, how, right. You know what? However you want those dollars coming in, I'm not going to judge you for it. Thank you. Melania's What's next? hat for the state. Okay, I'll yeah. do this quick. Cool. Because I know you want to get to coasters. I know um, I don't want to get to coasters. Jesus. Melania Trump was wearing a white hat yesterday, and I have no issues. I'm not here to criticize what women wear. That's not who I am. I just have one question for Melania, and it's, did you steal that look from Olivia Pope? Because I think that she did, and if she did, that's kind of the most amazing thing that could ever happen. Fair. Because, like, like, especially the week after Trump's fixer, which is what Olivia Pope is, is, like, probably going to be indicted on crimes... On crimes, <laughs> yeah. Generally on crimes. Yeah. Melania Trump dressing up as Olivia Pope, like in Olivia Pope cosplay, yeah, is my favorite version of America that we have right now. That's fair. Like that's the best timeline we could be in right now. I feel like if I t- for you community nerds yeah. out there, I feel like if I ever actually had a conversation with Melania Trump, it would be a very pleasant conversation. Just Melania, if you're like stuck, if you need help, just blink. And we're here. I feel like everyone's asking her that. She's probably just, stop asking me that and let me go home. (laughs) 
Like, I just, I, I, I really need to know what's up with the white hat. Especially because in Scandal, the white hat represents, like, the good guy. So I feel like Melania's like, I am good. <laughs> what was that? That was Melania. Oh, my God. She's, like, the infiltrator. Yeah. She's the secret. She's the, the wild I'm card. I'm telling you, this is the best She's timeline the we could be in right now. She's oh, my God. It's been Melania all we along. We solved it. We solved it. <laughs> the Ponzi scheme is confirmed. The tip of the pyramid. I don't, you don't even know what you're saying I anymore. Illuminati. Okay. That's all I got. Spin again. Spinning. <coughs> Whoa. Sorry, I don't know you where that You see Melania from. running through D.C. It's handled. <laughs> it's handled. Liberals. All right, liberals. <laughs> Aren't we those? Sure. <laughs> I don't like labels. <laughs> that was the most Portland thing I've ever heard you say. Do you remember, uh, sidebar, do you remember when uh, Trevor Noah interviewed Tammy Laren? Yeah. And she was like, I'm a millennial, I don't like labels. And he was like, you just labeled yourself while saying you don't like labels. <laughs> and it was the greatest moment of my life. Anyway, liberals. Yes. I need to be serious for okay. a minute. Look at me when you do this because I'm a liberal too. Tell me, tell me. Lay it I down. was looking in the window at myself. Oh. Lay it, <laughs> lay it down for me. Liberals, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> now, are we talking like Bernie, bro? Sure. Or I all? think that that the left right now, I think that American politics in general is at a very important turning point in sure. our history and where we're going to go. Sure. And 2018 is a crucial election to that. I think that liberals have this purity test right now mm-hmm. for uh, potential presidential candidates Yeah, that I think is going to uh, put us in danger of losing the election in 2020. And that's why I say check yourself before you wreck yourself. An example of this. Kamala Harris was asked at a town hall a couple weeks ago if she would not receive donations from corporations. Mm-hmm. And she said... Um, that she would, she said something to the effect of she would scrutinize the corporations that she receives donations from and she wasn't going to be doing their bidding, but she wouldn't say outright that she was not going to accept these donations. Mm-hmm. Um, and people went crazy about it. You know, they couldn't stand that she wasn't for that. And I think that there's, <laughs> there's this purity test for a 2020 candidate where like, they can't, ex- it's like it's like a Bernie test. Like they can't accept corporate donations. They have to be for single payer healthcare. They have, you know, there's, they have to want to break up the big banks. It's all of these slogans that we right. talk about, but we miss the fact that the road to single payer healthcare is through expanding the ACA, but it's not mm. going to happen overnight. Right. And it's not going to happen necessarily in one presidency. And I think that we're looking for very simplistic answers right now when the answers are never going to be simplistic and we risk a, too much in-party fighting yeah. and ruining ourselves and four more years of Donald Trump. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that the left liberals are way too extra right now. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, like just how they like trying to be hashtag relatable, trying to like, like on their social media right. feeds, trying to like, um, words. Yeah. I can't even. Yeah. I can't even. I can't even. I just, I, we have to recognize the fact that we are in the middle of a national emergency in this presidency and on the verge of a constitutional crisis. And we have to look at the bigger picture. Yeah. The bigger picture is we need more Democrats in office in 2018 mm-hmm. and we need a Democrat in the presidency in 2020. Yeah. We cannot have four more years of Donald Trump. Yeah. It will be bad for this country 
And if we can't see the bigger picture and move past, oh, this person wants a more moderate approach to healthcare. They don't want single payer right away. Right. Um, we are going to be in danger of ruining ourselves. Yeah, we need to stop stirring up drama over little stuff. Yeah. It's not, we need cohesion and that's not what we have and that's not what we're getting. Yes. And I think that if we have a blue wave in uh, in the midterms at the end of this year, uh, we're especially going to need that because we're going to yeah. have uh, an, uh, we're going to have a full ship per se. Yeah, and we need we need cohesion. We need yeah. messaging that is broad, but that in, uh, you know, yeah, co- covers what we want to cover. Yeah, and um, it's you know there there are important debates to be had within the party. It just can't be the end all be all. Right, exactly. You um, can't you can't make it the stopgate. Yes. All right. Let's do people who don't use coasters. Because so here's you can the yell. thing. I was in my apartment, my home. They came into my home and did this. That you share with three other people. It's my home. It's my house. Shut up. It's the closest thing to a house I'll ever have. Let's be honest. Because you're a millennial. Because I'm a millennial, I'll never be able to afford a home. But that's its own issue that I can cry about later. Um, But cry your millennial tears. Someone came into my apartment yesterday Mm -hmm. and sat down next to me. And I was like, hey, do you want a drink? And they were like, yeah. Totally. Mm. I made them tea. I was like, I am a good First mistake was being hostess. nice to them. Yes. What is wrong with me? I'm too Minnesotan. I really am. I also said Minnesotan instead of Minnesota. Minnesota. No, you I can't, can't even, even say not. it. You can't even. I can't even not. How do you say Minnesotan without having Minnesotan. Minnesotan. You're still saying it. I know. I know. I am. Just keep on with your Anyway, Anyways. So 559. I brought, <laughs> I bring them their tea. Uh-huh. And they take a sip of it, and we're having a yep. conversation. Sets it down on the table next to them. Next to the coaster I put out. There's a ring on my table, Sydney. I'm really sorry about There's that. There's a ring on my table. Do you know who wants to pay for that at the end of the year? I do, because I'm an RA. <laughs> Me. <laughs> it wasn't on the damage report I submitted at the beginning of the year. You know why? Because someone made it just now. I'm Two really weeks sorry. left. Use a coaster, people. Don't be monsters. It's just caveman. It's just barbarians. You know I what? bet even barbarians could have put down a leaf or something. Yeah, an ounce of civility would be nice. Just a little. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. All right, that's all I got. I just that's need all to you got. That out. Yeah, that's good. Do you feel better? No. Okay. Is there still a ring on your table? Yes. Happy you ranted about it? Not really. No. <laughs> I've got a lot of rage right now about a lot of things, and I just thought letting out a little thing would be helpful. So much pent-up rage. I was wrong. I was All right. wrong. Well, it is 6.01, oh, no. so we're going to get out of here. Um, we both have presentations to prep for for oh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we do. And jokes to write. Yeah. But you know what? One day more. One day more. Okay. Another day, another destiny. Destiny. This never-ending road. That's how Colm Wilkinson says it. Destiny. Destiny. All right. Um, we will be back next week for Yay by Proxy. I'm Cindy McDevitt. And I'm Megan Mullen. We'll see you next week. <laughs>